It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome back. BeckQL tailgate to kick off. I'm Ryan Horvath here on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app. Shout out to our executive producer, Tyler Morales, waking up bright and early on a Saturday morning when he could have probably been doing many other things, like sleeping after a long night out. Our guy Zach Kroll, our guy David Dykstra on the board, Double D, holding it down. Uh, so not the best slate today. I keep hearing people say that, but I don't know. There's a lot that I like. Like, if we could get to 28 and a half, no, I would maybe look at South Carolina. I can't do it at 27 and a half. 28 and a half, maybe, but uh, Georgia, 22 straight games at home. They've won last loss four years ago to South Carolina, but you saw that game against North Carolina. That offensive line for South Carolina, very shaky. Spencer Rattler sacked eight times in that game. Now he's going against this Georgia front today. Tennessee, Florida. I did bet Florida. That's all the way down to five and a half. Seven and a half all the way down to five and a half. Florida, uh, Tennessee, I should say, never been more than a field goal favorite against Florida. I think that says a lot about where these teams are. Florida comes into the season with a five and a half projected win total. Graham Mertz is their starting quarterback. Bad loss on the road to Utah. But I actually like them today a little bit, at least to keep that game close. BYU-Arkansas, bet the under early in the week. That continues to come down. BYU getting a lot of love. The Razorbacks were nine-point home favorites in this game, but there will be no Rocket Sanders. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about more. Let's do it right now with our guy, Reed Wallach, host of the Early Reed. You hear him on BetSided all over the place. Uh, in my opinion, one of the best to do it. So, Reed, thanks so much for joining us, man. And happy holiday, by the way. Thanks for joining us. You should be... Uh, celebrating taking it easy this weekend but i'm guessing you're grinding out some college football huh no there's no there's no rest for uh you know the holidays or anything like that not during college football season ryan i appreciate you having me on and yeah it's not the most glamorous slate i'd say but i I was talking with a buddy earlier this weekend he said he's like what am i going to do on saturday you know i'm gonna be sitting around the couch like with the family watching college football and the slate sucks i go you know that just means that something crazy is going to happen you know you're going to have a bunch of upsets or something because that's like when no one's paying attention everyone's looking ahead to week four's crazy slate you know that something something's going to shake up this weekend i don't know what it's going to be exactly like maybe it's this weather driven game in chestnut hill maybe things get wild in the red bandana game between fsu and boston college maybe it's uh ole miss gets caught looking ahead to george um to alabama loses to georgia tech uh, you know, Penn State first true road game at Illinois. You know, I could see something weird happening. You know, I don't know if yeah. if you uh, braver men might want to go and try and find what's going to happen, but uh, we'll see. I'm just excited to watch. Yeah, it's funny because my wife sent me a message like an hour and a half ago, and she's like, "Why do we have weather updates?" Uh, you know, out in Boston College, and right now I'm looking at it even, and it's 59 degrees. We got some drizzle. We got some light rain forecasted for the next hour. Then it's going to be windy, man. And I remember a couple of years ago hearing some reports at a practice where like Jordan Travis and windy conditions couldn't push the ball down the field. So I played the under at 55 all the way down to 47 and a half. 
I wouldn't do anything with the number there, 24 and a half. I want to wait and see what it looks like. But um, I wanted to ask you, actually, that's where I wanted to start in the ACC because Florida State, obviously, maybe a little bit of a look ahead because next week they do get Clemson in Death Valley. Where are you at in the ACC? Because, unfortunately, I did play some Clemson futures coming into the season, expecting the Garrett Riley offense to show, and uh, we didn't get to see that, unfortunately, against Duke. But I don't know that they're dead in the conference because they do get that game at home. Uh, they also get the game against Notre Dame at home. But uh, where are you at right now in the ACC when you look at Florida State, you look at Clemson, and you look ahead to next week where I'm hoping for a three-and-a-half with Clemson at home? Yeah, I, I think we're aligned here. I mean, of course, the Clemson uh, preseason stuff looks uh, not great after uh, that week one loss. But I, I think getting caught up in the result is a little bit of a – you could kind of work yourself into pretzels with that one. Look, it – Clemson losing that game obviously is an indictment on how the offense was being run because it looked like the prior offense that Clemson had been running, a lot of side-to-side, average depth of target, not there for Cade Klubnick. He looked a little overwhelmed. That being said, Clemson outplayed Duke, like, down to down until, like, the game really got away from them. What was it? They had their first four drives in the second half were into the red zone, and they didn't score on any of them. So what is that? And, you know, Clemson ends up losing by two scores or three scores, and it looks bad. Uh, the reason why I like Clemson in the ACC, of course, I didn't expect them to lose to Duke in week one. Um, they hosted that Florida State game. So Clemson definitely has a chance to get themselves back into it next week. We'll see how it goes at home, of course, Death Valley. I'll be hoping for three and a half. I saw some look-aheads had three and a half. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how Florida State handles uh, the weather like we were just talking about against Boston College. I imagine Florida State will probably take it super easy get out of there with a win probably flirt with covering if not cover and just shut down this boston college defense you know look at the rest of the acc though duke seems to be not a one-year fad um but north carolina is a team because they have a big game this weekend um against minnesota last week i stayed in north carolina i thought this defense still you know i'm not impressed if you're 11 tackles for a loss and negative two yards for South Carolina's rushing attack. Right. North Carolina's defense still needs to prove it to me. And Appalachian State ran all over them with their backup quarterback. North Carolina was an 18-point favorite. They were lucky to win. Uh, needed a last-minute drive to force overtime, then one in overtime. They're laying a touchdown against Minnesota. Uh, P.J. Fleck as an underdog is an incredibly you know, profitable bet if you want to do the whole trends thing. Uh, touchdown uh, – uh, Underdog of more than a touchdown since getting to Minnesota. P.J. Flex teams are 5-2 and two against the number. Three outright wins. And with their physicality in both trenches, I think Minnesota's going to run all over North Carolina. They have a good new running back in Darius Taylor. I, I like Minnesota a lot. I think they're a live dog. 330. Um, yeah, Minnesota 7 right now. I think that's good. I completely agree, man. Darius Taylor last week, 193 rushing yards against Eastern Michigan, which didn't make sense because week one, I mean, granted, you know, he's a freshman, but only one carry for Mm -hmm. three yards. So I was glad that they finally unleashed him. And with North Carolina, like Drake May, first six, seven games of the season last year was on fire. Now he's seen a bunch of too high shell. And I think that's the way that they're going to play him, obviously, man, because no Tez now for the season unless they decide just to throw him out there, which I would do because what's the NCAA really going to do? Vacate some wins at the end of the year? No downs. They just don't really have the downfield threats. So I'm with you. I like Minnesota today, too. Before we get into the rest of the schedule, I thought the Week 3 podcast, which you did, was awesome. I think they're all really good, man. The early read, Week 2 review, you had the Week (laughs) 3 preview. Check it out wherever you find your podcast, Apple, Spotify. Um, But I wanted to ask you about the Heisman Trophy futures really quick because I'm looking at Quinn Ewers, not the best price, 9-1, to but obviously you're looking at a team that could win double-digit games, a team that's going to be a contender. Where do you think the best value is right now in the uh, Heisman market if you were going to place a bet today? 
You just said it. It's Quinn Ewers. I, I think Quinn Ewers is the best bet you can at, – at the number – probably them or like Michigan to win the national championship are probably the two that I've eyed based on what I've seen. I haven't played Michigan because I'm trying to weigh when it's the best time to bet Michigan if it's just now because it's going to age well. But back to the Heisman question, Quinn Ewers to win the Heisman is the best bet you can make because if you look at Texas's schedule the rest of the way, it has really broken out for them. I, I didn't bet Quinn Ewers before the season. I was – not that I was fading Texas preseason. I just had to see it. I wanted yeah. to see the proof of concept. I wanted to see this defense look come together. I wanted to see Quinn Ewers show that he could throw a deep pass. Team was outside the top 100 in explosive pass rate last year. Uh, so I gave up probably double the price to make sure that he had that Alabama win in hand, and I'm happy to do that. I bet Quinn Ewers this week at uh, 10 to 1. I bet it all the way. This is going to sound crazy, but like, he has a twenty, at least a twenty-five percent chance implied probability. That's plus three hundred. I think anything down to plus three hundred is probably good and going to age well. You look at the schedule at Baylor in their Big Twelve opener next week. Baylor's zero and two. They're on their backup quarterback. Oklahoma, not this is still not Oklahoma's not back. Red River game. I think Texas wins that one. They're going to be a big favorite there. They host Kansas State, who looks pretty good. Probably their toughest game on the schedule. It's at it's home, so I'll take my chances at TCU. Um, TCU's defense so poor. They let it 45 to Colorado. I don't see it getting much better, per se. I think Texas could win that one. And then you host Texas Tech. Last game of the season, Texas Tech. Still, I think Texas Tech is probably better than their 0-2 record. But still, again, you're at home. You're going to be probably you know a near double-digit favorite by that point on November 24th. So you're telling me Texas, with the numbers Quinn Ewers are going to put up, going to probably run the table, probably win the Big 12 because they're that much better than every other team. He's at least a finalist. And, you know, USC, I, I'm i still skeptical to see Caleb Williams winning the Heisman. He's the best player, yeah. but no one's won back-to-back Heisman trophies since um, the 70s. Archie Griffin running back at Ohio State. I think that the voters would try to find somebody else to give it to just for some voter fatigue. So I think Quinn Ewers, in my opinion, is just – I think he's going to eventually be the favorite. I, I think anything, you know, in the market right now is good. I agree, man. Like, people bringing up Travis Hunter. I, I think, I mean, Colorado, because their projected win total was three and a half, four and a half, down to three and a half. Maybe if they win eight, nine games, make a bowl game, he gets some love, gets invited. But I, I don't see it happening. And I'm with you on Caleb Williams, especially because the back end of that schedule for USC is terrible. If they lose a couple games, maybe he makes a, di- a business decision. All right, we got about two minutes before we get out of here. You gave out Minnesota. You think they're a live dog today. Anything else that you like here for week three? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, um, the Florida number, where we're at now, I honestly it, – it, it's been beat down. It's obviously the biggest game on the board. I, I think Florida's going to win outright. I, I played some money line. I put them in, like, my underdog round robin. I think Florida wins this game outright. Tennessee's offense is not where you would want it to be. Um, Joe Milton played Virginia and Austin P. They're outside the top 90 in EPA per pass. So I would definitely – I think Florida is going to win that game outright, to be quite honest with you. Um, another one that I like um, – let's see. I, I like South Alabama catching seven against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State Same. looked awful. And the three-quarterback three. thing I don't understand, man. I think South Alabama – I mean, yeah. they're one of the best teams in the Sun Belt. They're a 10-win team. Oklahoma State is brutal. Yeah, I, I think South Alabama struggled against Tulane with the deep ball. Michael Pratt was just throwing it way over the top. Oklahoma State doesn't have that capability, and their offensive line looks terrible. Uh, bottom half of the country so far in line yards on both sides, and you played a banged-up Arizona State team in Central Arkansas. 
this is a veteran South Alabama team, both sides of the ball. I think South Alabama live as well, so I take seven there. I think that game's going to be a barn burner. And uh, let me see if I get one more in there. Um, sorry, just looking at the board and seeing what's available right now. I would say uh, Akron, Kentucky, under 48 and a half. I like Kentucky's that. offense doesn't look good whatsoever. Liam Cohn, the OC, he had like a medical episode, it was said. So I don't even know if he's calling the plays, the highly touted um, returning offensive coordinator from a year with the Rams. Akron's offense, we don't even know who's starting at quarterback. I think Kentucky, this is more of a, you know, 31-10 type of game, 31-7 type of game rather than a higher scoring game. So under 40 and a half uh, for Kentucky, something I bet as well. Love it. Reed, thanks so much, man. Check out the podcast. Early Reed, new on week two review, week three. You still got a couple hours before kickoff, so jump in there, get some early week three bets, some Heisman Trophy bets to make as well. Reed, we'll talk again soon. Thanks so much, man. All right, talk to you guys soon. Really good stuff right there with Reed, and I completely agree. South Alabama plus seven and a half. Oklahoma State still trying to figure out their quarterback situation. I think Florida's live today. I think they win that game outright against Tennessee. I think Florida's going to be able to run the ball like that one. And, uh... We're laying the points with LSU. That's my favorite bet of the day. LSU, right now, nine and a half point favorites. I think they win that game by double digits. We'll be back next Saturday. Check me Monday night, Monday Night Football, live from MGM National Harbor. We got a double header. Grab the Panthers, plus three right now. Thank me later. Ryan Horvath, I'll be back Monday night, 7 to 11 with BetMGM tonight. Stick around.